Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit lifepointpb.com. I only have a few pages of notes, so just trying to get you guys ready for Jim Johnson when he comes, and you'll be racing through your Bible trying to keep up with him. Um, I have a question for you guys. How many parents do we have here? Quite a few. Gotta, gotta, I want you to answer something for me. How many of you want your children to be dependent upon you when they're two? Two, okay. How about when they're 35? How many of you want your kids to be independent to be able to stand on their own two feet? That was a trick question. That was a trick question. There's a third response, okay? How many of you want your children dependent upon Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit? Our message today, I've titled, Utter Dependence. Okay, because in this Christian life, it's all about relationship. It's all about being one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's about being one with one another. It says that everyone's important and we we all need to depend upon one another. But so often by society, we're kind of told to push our kids out there that they'd be able to stand on their own. And that they wouldn't need any help from anyone. You know, my parents did a really wonderful job in that. Okay? Um, They taught all of us really good work ethic. Um, Not to depend upon other people, but to, to just go out there and do it. You can do this. And there's some good aspects of that, and there's other parts that it's like, oh... That's kind of hindering me even in this walk with Jesus. Because so often I find myself depending upon me and what I can do. But you know, the Bible says that apart from Him, we can do nothing. Okay, so I want to take a look at some Scriptures um, that would point us to more dependence upon Him and less dependence upon ourselves. Because it's extremely important. And I'm kind of piggybacking off of what Troy was talking about, the one another verses. Forgive one another. How many of you, apart from the Holy Spirit and God, can walk that out? Forgiving. Apart from the Holy Spirit... I don't want to for my flesh wants to get even. I don't know about yours, but I want to get I don't only only want to get even, I want to get more than even. One up it. Okay? But that's not what God says. So how do we do this thing? We don't, I like that. I've got the The Scripture is going to be up here because I've got so many of them. So you can follow along in your Bible if you want to, but they'll be up here also. So the first Scripture we're going to look at is John 17, 20-26. And this is a prayer that Jesus prayed for us. First, He prayed for His disciples, and then we'll take off in 20 where it says, I do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And listen to this. It doesn't say so, but so that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
Think about that. God wants to use us so that others would believe that God sent Jesus. That Jesus is real. That He's still living today. The resurrection is extremely important. Now at Christmas we pray about Him coming, but it's, it's all focus, focusing forward to something else. It's focusing, focusing on what He's going to do on the cross for us. But more than that, if He didn't rise from the dead, we're still without hope. But He rose again. And He still lives today. And then in 22 it says, The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. Here again, so the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am and see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know you, know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known. Now, Jesus isn't here anymore. How's He going to continue to make it known? Through His Word, His Holy Spirit in us, right? That the love with which You have loved Me may be in them and I in them. So He's asking for oneness. That we'd be one with one another and that we'd be one with Him. And I want to show you that so often we, we separate God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But do you know that they are all one? And we'll see in the next few verses that Jesus didn't do anything independently of the Father. Nothing. And yet, He's God but He was in human form. He took on flesh and its weaknesses. You know, Jesus was tempted in every way just like you and I, yet He did not sin. How many of you would like to cease from sinning? I would. Do you know, I believe we have the power within us in the Holy Spirit to do that very thing. The problem is this flesh and its weakness. And that's why we need to stay connected. But in John 5, 19 through 20, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing on his own accord. What? This is Jesus talking. The Son can do nothing on His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And greater works than these will He show Him so that you may marvel. When I read these verses, I'm like, wow. Jesus wasn't working independently at all. And He was being taught even... He was God, but He was learning from the Father. The Father was showing Him things. John 14, 8-14. Philip said to Him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me? Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. 
how can you say, show us the Father? Do you know, not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. So Jesus doesn't open his mouth unless the Father's revealing him even what to say. How about you and I? Do we depend upon the Holy Spirit before we open up our mouths? Or do we just let it come out? Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. God wants to use us to continue the work that He started. He wants people to understand that God sent Jesus and Jesus is still alive and He's still moving today. And that there's hope for them. And He wants to use us simpletons. It says God uses the foolish things. Um... And, and we, we're going to be able to do greater works, right? And greater works than these will He do because I, I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in My name. I want you to remember that. Whatever you ask in My name. There needs to be a connection, guys. There needs to be this uploading and downloading type thing where we're receiving from Him before we give to others. Whatever you ask in My name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in My name, I will do it. Isaiah 50, 4-7 The Lord God has given Me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. So God wants to teach us. He wants to give us words that will lift up the weary. Remember the verse um, about encourage one another. That was one of the things Troy taught on, right? Encourage one another. And we ought to be doing that. I was teaching in Chris's class a few weeks ago, the fifth and sixth graders, and um, kids were doing what they normally do. They were messing around and they were teasing one another and they were um, not edifying one another, to put it that way. And I said, you know, the Bible says whenever we come together, we're to edify and encourage and build one another up. And they said, well, how are we supposed to do that? Are we supposed to tell somebody that they have a nice, I like how, what the dress they put on or I like their hair or, well, that's encouragement. But you know that God knows all of us intimately. And He wants to use us to speak a word into that person's life for them. Morning by morning, He awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. Do you know who we're talking about here? Who this is talking about? This is a messianic prophecy here. This is Jesus. Okay? And, and you'll be able to tell in a minute. So, um, morning by morning, He awakens. How many of you want to be woken up by God instead of your alarm clock? How many of you want to be spoken to by God to instruct you for that day? To prepare you for what's before you that day? This is Jesus. And He's being woken up by the Father. And there's always a oneness. There's always communication flowing. Remember um, in 
First Thessalonians five, verse 17, it says, pray without ceasing. Do you know what that means? Always stay connected. Always there should always be communication going on throughout the whole day. Okay. The Lord God has opened my ear. How many of you would like to have your ears opened? And I was not rebellious. I turned not backwards. In other words, I didn't. Do you ever have someone talking to you and just turn around or you just, you know what I mean? No, Jesus didn't do that. He was constantly being taught. And then it says, here's how we know it was Jesus. I gave my back to those um, who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. It's clearly Jesus. But he learned obedience through suffering, didn't he? Do you think in his flesh that Jesus wanted to have his beard torn out? Do you think he wanted to be spit on? Oh, how disgracing. That happened to me one time. And yet he went through with it. Because the Father was with him. And listen what it says. Um, but the Lord God helped me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. Jesus and God. Walking together through all of it, right? God told him what, hey, you need to go to the cross. You need to do these things. And he was willing. But the Father was with him, right? It says he helped me. And the Lord's going to help us too. Proverbs 25.11 Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Have any of you ever tried to encourage somebody and, and you just took a verse and you went for it. And then you kind of wish you could take that verse back. It's called scriptural abuse. And you're like, how can scripture be abuse? Well, is it in the right circumstance? Someone just lost a loved one. God causes all things to work together for good, brother. Is that what they need to hear at that moment? No, the Bible says mourn with those who are mourning, rejoice with those who are rejoicing. We need God to, to give us the words to say. We need to be going to, God, how do I encourage this person? They just lost their loved one. You know what? Just go and hug them. Don't say a word. And cry with them. Proverbs 25.20 says, Singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar in a wound. You see what I mean? We can... We're saved. We're going to heaven. But God wants to use us to encourage others. To, and you know what? Apart from Him, we can do nothing. So we need him. We need to depend upon him. Philippians 3.3 3. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Philippians. Who wrote Philippians? The Apostle Paul. Do you know what he went on to say? If, un, if anyone could put confidence in the flesh, it's me. And then he goes through a list of things. I'm, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was taught by Gamma Meal. I, I went to the best college. I had the best instructors. I've got all this knowledge. 
And he thought he was living for God and he wasn't. Right? Before he got saved, he had a lot of knowledge. What good did that do him? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. What does that mean, acknowledge Him in all your ways? Make Him a part of everything. You know, it's almost like a husband and wife. And the, and the church is, is talked about as, you know, Jesus as the head and us as the bride, right? Husband and wife. We need to be so connected that we can answer one another's the questions that someone gives. That we're so connected like that. And that's what God wants us to be. It's a funny story. Don't put any confidence in the flesh. We were at um, Dollar General last night. I had to go and get some dog food real quick. And so I don't like leaving my kids in the car, but I said, I'm just going to run in and run out. And I locked them in there. And I'm coming out and I see this guy just looking in the car like this. And he wasn't the, he was kind of scary, you know. And um, I said, hey, did you guys see that guy look over? And you know what Ashley said? She said, yeah, but he doesn't know about my, my bad karate skills. I would have. <laughs> Ashley has never taken a karate class in her life. And yet she speaks this big game as if she could take this guy on if he broke into the car. You know, we do the same thing. We think we're all that. We think we have something to offer God. We think that God chose me because of my awesome skills, because of my great intellect. No, He didn't. Second Corinthians three, four through six. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who made us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Guys, it's all about the Spirit. It's about, all about His Spirit dwelling within you. John 15, 1-5 I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes, that it may bear fruit. See, the whole thing here, guys, is if we were. God could have saved us and then brought us to heaven, couldn't he? Have? But he left us here. Why did he leave us here? To bear fruit. OK. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. All right. We're all saved. We're already clean, right? Our sins have been forgiven. But he says, abide in me and I in you. Here it is again, oneness, isn't it? It's like, guys, you need to stay connected. If you want to do anything for the Lord, you need to stay connected. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, is, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do a few things. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Why do we think we can? Our pride. God can only use us when we're humble, guys when we realize who we really are, that we have actually nothing to bring to the table. Nothing. But in Him, we can do all things. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. In Him, we can do all things. 
Do you believe that God still heals? How come that's not the first thing we pray for when someone says they have a headache or someone... You know what I mean? I do that all... Yeah, I teach healing a lot, right? I've seen people healed. But I'll find myself leaning on my own understanding. Just take some aspirin or just... Wait a second. God, would you touch them? Would you heal them? Romans, Romans 8, 26 through 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Sometimes I just pray certain things and I'm just going, but I'm like, wait a second. God, what do you have for this person? God, what do you want to do in their lives? If we find ourselves running out ahead of God, pray that the Holy Spirit would check you and say, hey, hey, come on back here. Because we do it so often. Because we're taught in society to be able to stand on our own two feet. We're taught to think on our own. We're taught to, right? When, when we're, you know, we have meetings and stuff. Okay, let's brainstorm. Right? And everybody starts throwing out things. We're relying on our own understanding. But the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, wants to direct our lives. He wants to empower us. John 16, 7, 13 through 15. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Okay, he's talking to the disciples, right? And he told them he's leaving. And they're not too happy. And he says, no, you don't understand. It's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I can't send the helper. Okay. Um, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. Wait, didn't we hear this about Jesus too? That he didn't speak on his own authority? You see, there was always a dependence upon the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They didn't work independently. I want to show you guys that. Because we can't work independently either. But, who, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Isn't that what Jesus did? What he heard from the Father, he spoke? And He will declare to you things that are to come. Hey, Paul, this is what the day is going to look like. Get ready. Okay? He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. Jesus wants to speak to us. And He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He can wake us up every morning if we, if we have ears to hear. Okay? All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that He will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jeremiah 17, 5-8 Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. And whose heart turns away from the Lord? For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes. 
but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitants. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by the stream and will not fear when the heat comes. Don't you want to be like that? That you're planted and your roots are so deep that even when difficult times come, you're good. But the leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. My whole desire in this is that there would be oneness, you and the Spirit and God and Jesus. That's what Jesus prayed for us. Think about it. Before He left, He prayed this for us. This is very, 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 very... Did I say very? Very important. He wants us to be connected and He wants us to be dependent. I know I've had a lot of verses, but are you guys getting it? That you can't do it, guys. You can't be a blessing to others. You can't give them a word that's going to encourage them. You can't... You know, you can do those things, but they're not going to have lasting value. It'll be good for the little while, right? And make, make them feel good. Oh, that person said I had a nice dress on. But it's not eternal. What did we just finish up? Jeremiah? Yes. How am I doing on time? I got plenty of time. 20 minutes. We've only got 17 more scriptures. Romans 15, 5 through 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So that with one heart and mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. talking about unity it's talking about having one mind one heart one mouth not being independent and just saying whatever we want it's like how about this you have a husband and a wife who are supposed to be one what if one's walking in the spirit one's walking in the flesh how much unity do you have it's not going to happen how about us as the body of Christ? What if we're all going off in different directions and we're not getting the download from the Holy Spirit? We're going to be a house divided. We won't be able to stand. Jesus is the head and we're the body, right? If we're not receiving from here what we're supposed to do, it's not going to happen. But remember this, though we're faithless, He's faithful. He's going to continue to try to speak to you through the Holy Spirit and say, walk this way. Say this. Do this. But you know what? We can quench the Holy Spirit. We still have free will, guys. We can still, how many of you, this happens to me less than it used to, but I'll be somebody somewhere with a group of people, and, and I was working for the fire department, okay, and they're pretty raunchy mouths, and they're always cracking jokes and stuff, and, and you, you want to be salt and light in that place, but sometimes the flesh kind of takes over, and Inside my head, I get this thought, oh, this will be funny. This will make the guys laugh. And the Holy Spirit says, don't do it. Don't open your mouth. Has that ever happened to you? And I opened my mouth. 
And they laughed because, you know what, I was probably putting somebody down. And it got a laugh, but I wasn't laughing. I knew right when I opened my mouth, I said, why didn't I listen to the Holy Spirit? He wants to guide and direct me. And if I let Him, He will. He'll empower me to say no to sin. Unless I quench Him. What verse did we end on? Romans, okay. 1 Corinthians 1, 4-9 I always thank God for you because of the grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in Him you have been enriched in every way. In all your speaking and in all your knowledge. You know, that's what the Spirit does. He'll, en- he'll enrich our speech and our knowledge. Bible says, um, if you lack wisdom, ask. Right? There's again that ask thing, right? When we realize that we can't do anything, we're going to be asking all the time. A little kid who's just learning things. How to ride a bike. Show me again. Can you hold me? Can you... Hey, don't let go. Remember that? Your dad's... Don't, Dad, please don't let go. Right? Remember a story about my brother. I won't bring that up now, but... He fell on his face once. But... Because of our testimony about Christ uh, was confirmed in you, therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. Do you understand that? We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have gifts available to us. But we need to trust in them. Have you guys ever seen the movie Matrix? Pretty interesting movie. Don't you wish that could happen? That, hey, I need to fly a helicopter. Download this stuff and wham, you can fly a helicopter. Do you know what? We have that. Everything that we need to do for God, anything He asked us to do, we can do through Him. He'll give us the strength. He'll give us the wisdom. He'll give us all we need. Why aren't we leaning upon that? Why are we trusting in ourselves? Why are we thinking that we have something to offer? Guys, we don't. He does. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God who has called you into fellowship with His Son, fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. Second Corinthians 2, 14-16 But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal for such a task? Do you understand the task that God's given us? That we are to be the aroma of Christ. Like, people should see Jesus in us. The words that come out of our mouth should be blessing people. We should be different at work. We shouldn't be like I was at the fire department. Okay? And I wasn't always like that. But God can use us if we allow Him to use us. Ephesians 1, 15-23 For this reason, 
ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking. This is Paul, right? He's praying for the believers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. How important is it that we're given the spirit of wisdom and revelation? His wisdom, not ours. So that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his um, incomparably great power, incomparably great power to those who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him on the right hand in heavenly realms, far above the rule and authority, power and dominion. And every title that is given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God has, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him the head, remember that, the head over everything for, um, for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything and in every way. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us is available for us. So why do we try to do it in our own strength? Why? Stop it. Okay, I'm not only speaking to you, I'm speaking to me. Okay? Ephesians 4, uh, rather Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul's praying the same thing for the church. Do it in his strength, not your own. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love Rooted and established in love. What are, the, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit for? What are we to use them for? To edify and build others up, right? So you got 12 and you got 14 talking about the gifts. What's sandwiched right in between there? Love. Rooted and established in love. Everything should flow out of love. Thanks, Kenny. I love you too. I lost my place. Where am I? Ephesians 3 18. This might help. Oh, I don't have it on here. Eight, okay. How's it start? 18. May he strengthen. I'll just read it up here. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Christ in you. Right? Remember that illustration that Jim Johnson gave? I loved it. Where he had an envelope. And that was us. And then he put Christ in the envelope. And then Jesus said, and me and you. And then he put him in the Father. And you and me. And then, you know what I mean? Guys, this is what it's supposed to look like. Complete, utter dependence on God and dependence on one another. Um, where are we at? 
20, now to him who is able to do far abundantly, uh, far more abundantly than we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. Think about this, guys. God will do more abundantly than we can ask or imagine. Why aren't we asking? He will far exceed what we can ask or imagine for His kingdom according to His will, right? We need to ask. Okay. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 6, 19-20. This is Paul again. Remember Paul? Paul's like the super apostle, right? Look what he says. Pray also for me. Paul understands he has weaknesses, doesn't he? Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me. What's he asking for? Hey, I don't want to speak with my own knowledge. I don't want to open my mouth with all this understanding that I think I have. Pray for me that I will be given the words so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's go to one more and then we'll... Let's go to Colossians 1, 3 through 14. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have uh, for all the saints. The faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth. The gospel that has come to you all over the world. This gospel is bearing fruit and growing. Bearing fruit and growing. What are we supposed to be doing? Bearing fruit and growing, right? Just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, um, our dear friend, our, our dear fellow servant, who is faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Everything needs to be in the spirit, guys. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom. Is it through your wisdom, through Paul's wisdom, spiritual wisdom and understanding? And we pray that in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, you can't do it on your own. And may please Him in every way. How many of you guys want to please God in every way? I sure do. Bearing fruit in every good work. That's what I want. Growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that, that you may have great endurance and patience and joyful and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Did we qualify ourselves? Who qualified us? Qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of His Son He loves in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. 
Lori, why don't you come on up here? I'm going to have Lori um, play a song. And I want my, my prayer people to come up front too. I want you to examine yourselves as this music's playing. And I want you to ask yourself, am I trusting in myself? Am I leaning on my own understanding to do this thing that God told me to do? Do I need to lean on Him more? In fact, not more. Totally, right? Apart from Him, we can do nothing. If you want prayer, if you want to come up here and just say, would you pray for me? I've been trying to do this thing in my own strength. And I'm done. I've been shown today that I can't do it. And I'm tired. And I'm weary. I feel like the Galatians, oh foolish Galatians, having begun in the Spirit, are you trying to be perfected in the flesh? Are you trying to do this life that God has for you on this earth to bear fruit? Are you doing it on your own? God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we want to bear fruit that lasts. We want you to say, well done, good and faithful servants. We desire to be the aroma of Christ. We don't want people to see us. We don't want them to smell us. We want them to see you. We want them to realize that God is still alive, that Jesus, that you came to this earth and that you were victorious and you still live and you live in your people. God, we can't do it on our own. We yield ourselves to you and ask that you would do it in us, that you would wake us up morning by morning and that you would speak to us and that you would empower us for all that you've got for us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.